is Michigan Embedded Correspondent John Solberg, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Reppy. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, a live fire, fun, and frivolity show. If you want to jump in this week, as we are in the final week. We'll do it live. When was the last time that ever happened? Outrageous. My apologies. I forgot to take that test intro out that we used one or two times, but nevertheless, I apologize and we keep going. If you would like to jump in on the show this evening or you would like to know how to follow the show, here's how you do all that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now, the second Tuesday of a month. In that first interview slot, of course, the creator of AmazingRibs.com, Meathead, will be joining us. Now, over the last 748 years that we have been joining each other monthly during the show, we have traditionally spoken about live fire items. Ranging from barbecue to grilling to cold smoking to curing, all things in between that are either directly in the realm or on the fringe of live fire cooking. And tonight we are going to throw it all out the window. We're going to be talking about something very important, something that my wife even scoffed at me for because... There was a big reveal earlier today, it was 4 p.m. Eastern, that a new version of our topic that we were going to be talking about was released to the public. I'm wondering how many people listened to Meathead's warning back in January when he just casually threw it off to the side before we got into the topics. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know that this is something that has been rolling downhill, gaining steam, seismic snowballs, if you will. And we're going to talk about it tonight. We're going to talk about how it could affect your business. We're going to be talking about how if you are geared to use the Internet one way, how this whole thing could be changing. Not only could it be changing, it's changing and what you're going to need to do in order to stay ahead of it and continue to be successful. So, Stay tuned for that. Have I teased it enough (laughs) without telling you exactly what it is? Should time allow, there's this thing called St. Patty's Day this weekend. Throw a little corned beef pastrami thing in, but I would imagine the real topic tonight could take the balance of it. But if time allows, we might hit on that. So that's Meathead. And then keeping it AmazingRibs.com themed. Joining us after a year layoff or so, the keeper of the flame, Max Good, joins me. Well, I saw Max this past weekend live, local and late breaking in Louisville, Kentucky, as we were both attending the Home Patio Barbecue Association's HPB Expo 2023. 
We had a good time. We met up a few different moments during the course of the... Uh, I was there briefly. Arrived noon on a Saturday and was out of there by 3 o'clock that following day. We were both running very different agendas, but I knew he was going to be there, so we linked up, talked about some highlights of the show, and talked about what we might be wanting to hit on here this evening. And we're all ready to rock and roll, so Max Good joining us. And we'll close out the first hour, and then we'll move to the second hour. And if you hadn't had enough cowboy chuck wagon cooking from his last visit, well, you're in luck, friends, because guess what? Got a brand new book out here, and it's coming out the end of the month. It's Kent Rollins joining us for the second hour, everybody. So we're looking forward to talking with Kent, talking about the new book. I believe this makes number three now hitting the shelves. And there is rumor that Shannon might also be jumping in, so we'll see if she's brave enough to jump in and then handle the questions that I will be levying at them as a couple. Few dare to do it, but Kent is a cowboy and as tough as they come, so I'm sure Shannon will be anxious to jump in and have at it. And that's what your show looks like. Now, depending on how Kent runs, I'm not going to hold him to just one segment. If there's enough good stuff happening, we might roll into 35 past, and I've left the balance of 35 past open in the second hour to recap what I found and what I had happening at HPB Expo as well. So that is your show this evening, if you would like it. Now, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. We say good evening to those of you watching the show tonight through one of the video streaming platforms, Facebook or Twitch, which can be found at slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch the show in video fashion through YouTube slash RD Rempe. And yes, once again, we are audibly streaming through Clubhouse. So if you don't want to see us, you'd just rather hear us than Clubhouse is the place to do that. And we have a new YouTube poll of the week. Given the events of last week and the showdown that I had with Sam the Cooking Guy, my question to you is this this evening. Do you think that I hate Traeger products and all? The whole encompassing everything of Traeger. Do you think I hate it? And currently, 67% of you are saying no. Thank goodness. Get that big stuff out of here. I don't know how much clearer I can make it, but I am going to try and make it even more clear here in just one second. 33% of you think that I do hate Traeger, all-encompassing, products and all. So, let's start there this evening, as I feel like I wouldn't mind making sure we're all on the same page. I don't even know if any of you care or not, but I do think it's right of me to make sure that my stance on certain large business entities in this industry that I cover is very clear. So here it is. As I stated last week, for me, and maybe you can't do this, I can both appreciate and like products that a company makes, and then I can also dislike how they operate and conduct some of their business affairs. They do not have to mix together. I do not have to like their products, thereby I have to like Traeger as they're running as a corporation. Or I could like Traeger running as a corporation and not like any of their products. I do that with many other companies in the live fire industry. I think some companies out there have great ideas, and when the rubber meets the road and the products, it's not really well executed. But the concept was great, so I like how the company's operating. I don't necessarily like the products. This is where I'm standing on Traeger. I have a Timberline 850 on my backyard. I use it a lot. It works really well. It's got great capacity. There's nothing about it that I don't like. It's a really good cooker. I don't like the way Traeger operates as a corporation. By and large, there are certain specific things that I really don't like, but in general... I don't necessarily agree with their business practices. And guess what? Who gives a shit, right? Right. Now, to that end, if Traeger would come to me and say, we love the show, we love everything you're about, we would love to sponsor and stroke you a check for $250,000 for the year, I would take one second to think about it and rebuff without thought. 
Except for that one second that I just said. Traeger could say, look, we don't even want to advertise. We just love what you're about, and we want to be a silent investor. want to just chunk you off some money to the tune of 250 k No advertising. We just love what you're doing for the industry. We want to support it silently. Again, I would rebuff instantly. Because as the great Doc Holliday said in the movie Tombstone, my hypocrisy only goes so far. And I could never let Traeger come on this show and sponsor because of how I feel about some of their business practices. Now, if some of those changed in some way and I felt comfortable, certainly we could entertain that. At this point, that's not where I'm at. So just to be clear, in case you were a little gray area on the Sam the Cooking Guy segment last week, fan of the products, own some of the products, like them. Not so much a fan of how they operate and run some business. That's it. 75% of you now are saying, no, you don't think that I hate products and all. Thank goodness. It appears we are heading in the right direction. Somebody else that's heading in the right direction is Meathead, and he'll join us here in just one moment. And I will talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits. Some of the best-looking, best-cooking smokers and grills on the market. Offering a full family of products, including traditional offset smokers, wood pellet grills, charcoal grills, travel grills, combination pits, fire pits, and much more. Pits and Spits has been one of the only American fabrication shops that's focused on smokers and grills for almost 40 years. Why is that important? They're able to put an emphasis on quality and design, locally sourced materials, and unmatched attention to detail. From the fully welded barrels to the heavy gauge steel, they bring both function and beauty to life. Pits and Spits builds every product with the intention that it's going to get passed down from generation to generation. Doesn't matter if you're a competition barbecuer or if you just want to take the backyard barbecue and grilling game to the next level, Pits and Spits has a product for you. Check them out at this custom link pitsandspits.com slash bbq central that's pitsandspits.com slash bbq central and use that same promo code bbq central at checkout if you accumulate $500 or more in your cart and use that code you get a free spice pack with your order so you know if you're ordering a cooker you're easily going to eclipse 500 bucks with the pits and spits because they're built for life and you get a free spice pack just by using the code bbq central Visit the website, pitsandspits.com slash bbqcentral. That's pitsandspits.com slash bbqcentral. Promo code bbqcentral at checkout for the free spice pack. And we're back with Meathead right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back to this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also peruse their website, see what other products might add a little smoky goodness to whatever it is you are cooking on those pellet cookers. That's cookingpellets.com. And my first guest this evening, a man who needs no introduction except a member of two current halls of fame that I know of, a barbecue hall of fame and a barbecue central show guest hall of fame. You pick which one is the bigger honor. I will never ask him because we know it's the guest hall of fame. Meathead joins us. Hey, Meathead. Hello, Greg, and hello, Centralites, and happy Ides of March. What is an Ides of March? It's the 15th, technically, and uh, I believe it's the date on which uh, Caesar was assassinated. Beware. Stabbed in the, the back? Ides of March. Mm. Well, all right. So we have... And you are the Caesar of barbecue. So no! Get that big stuff out of here. I'm the, uh, uh, crap. 
His name has escaped. Et tu, Brute. His, his name has escaped me, but it's, it was, 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 wasn't a good Brutus. name anyway. Look, we have Judas. Yes, the Judas of barbecue. That's me. We have an incredible <laughs> no, item to cover here tonight, Meathead. But I want to hit on something real quick before we do that, as it has to do with our topic from last month, which is a recurring theme since February. And uh, people have been weighing in on this second book that we talked ad nauseum ah, last ah. week. I started doing polls. The embedded correspondence were split 50-50. I was part of the camp that said Meathead is definitely coming out with a book. 50% of the embedded oh, yeah. correspondents thought, there's no way you're coming out with a book. And yeah. I've fished it out over social media here and there. And I would say it's a... Uh, it's just edging over 50% that people think this really is going to happen. We're the hopefuls and the ones that are pulling for you. But uh, quickly coming up on the heels are people that think, well, we've heard this before and we're, we would like it to happen. We just don't think it's going to happen. So please set the mind at ease and say, this is absolutely a done deal and we'll see it next year. Well, I'm under contract. I mean, and they've given me a bunch of money in an advance. But that happened uh, before. So, well, yes, that's true. <laughs> but uh, no, this is the, my my deadline for uh, the text is um, April 1st. Hmm. And uh, I am uh, burning the midnight oil. And I sent them a draft and they said, great, it really looks good. Now cut it in half. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> So what about the two yeah. two book pitch? Is that not taking place yet, or has that been asked? Nope, no, it's a one book. All right, and that has been finalized. You tried your best. And yeah, they, said, they no, decided it's be that one. they decided the market can't handle the price of a two book set. Well, guess what? I don't know if you've already thought about this, Meathead, but guess who's got book number three in the can? Meathead. Yeah. <laughs> can. Well, yeah, Ken has book number three, but if they're not Ken. taking your second book, then you have a third book already in the I queue, right? probably have something. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. A lot of it will just end up on the website. Um, we've been posting um, excerpts in the Pitmaster Club, so <laughs> it's real. It's happening. It'll be out about mm, April or May next year. Meathead, if I'm not mistaken, you. Meathead is going to be giving a presentation at the prestigious RIT, Rochester Institute of Technologies, and you're going to be talking about a topic, as I had mentioned in the open, that we just kind of casually danced through in about 30 seconds. You gave a warning, did really well on TikTok, actually, when I posted it, and you said, hey, you need to be aware of this thing artificial intelligence chat gpt is the most like kleenex version of that at this point but a lot of uh search engines and other things are starting to integrate artificial intelligence at breakneck speed when you talked about it in january i didn't think it would have spooled up this quick as we're now sitting mm -hmm. in the middle of march but now you're going to be giving a talk on this at, at rit coming up on thursday so i figured Maybe we should be digging into this a little bit more, especially for those that are listening that have website businesses or count on traffic from search engines. Uh, you know, certainly AmazingRibs.com is counting on that with a, like, with a lot of other uh, recipe and informational fact websites. So I will leave it up to you on how you want to start the charge here this evening. Well, uh, you mentioned search engines, and that's what really got my attention. When ChatGPT debuted in november i just out of curiosity went and took a look at it because artificial intelligence is all around us yeah i mean it, it, you know it's in our cell phones it recognizes our face um it, it's in siri and alexa and cortana um google assistant banks use it to decide who gets loans yeah, human resources departments decide who gets interviews um it, Basically, I, you know, I went to ChatGPT and I asked it. And by the way, anybody out there who is interested in exploring this can just Google ChatGPT, go to the website, register, and you can ask it a question. And what I think we're on the verge of is if you have a website and your business depends on it, it's going to change drastically. 
and traffic to your website could be significantly impacted because the age of search is over. We are now entering the age of ask. And the age of search is when you went to Google and you searched for, should I soak my wood chips before I throw them on the coals? And you'd find a list of websites, including ours, and you could read differing viewpoints and decide for yourself. Now you can go to Bing, which is Microsoft's search engine, and they have built a chatbot or chat GPT is the name of the chatbot they have. Chatbot's a generic term for these um, generic um, artificial intelligence tools. Forget the jargon. Basically, they're things that you can ask questions. So you can, you can ask chat GPT if you should soak the wood chips. And what it does is it goes out and researches for you the various websites and brings you an answer. Um, and, and, and just, so I went to ChatGPT and I said, well, just what is artificial intelligence? And it said, artificial intelligence um, it refers to the ability of machines to perform tasks that typically require human intelligence, such as learning, problem solving, perception, reasoning, and decision-making. And it can do this stuff. And it can do it fairly elegantly. Um, so um, you can ask it to write something. You can ask it to write you an article or a blog post. Um, you need to give it instructions. You might need to ask it twice to refine your question. But it responds rapidly in fairly coherent, grammatically correct answers in multiple languages, I mean, you could ask it in French, it'll answer you in French, and it can write web content for you. It can write advertising content for you. Sometimes it's pretty good too. Um, people have been writing books with it. Um, it'll write poetry, songs, a wedding toast. God, no, there's, a, there's one everybody needs. A business plan. I mean, it'll help you brainstorm. Um, you can ask it uh, uh, what should I emphasize in my advertising the quality of my food in my restaurant or the service or location or price? And it'll, it'll, it'll respond. Um, so it's, it's, it's really quite remarkable. Um, I mean, I, I asked ChatGPT to write a poem about pulled pork in the voice of Shakespeare. Hmm. And this is what I got. Oh, wondrous feast, a pulled pork sandwich with tender meat that doth so sweetly stand betwixt two slices of the finest bread and crowned with sauce of rich and spicy hand. And it goes on. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's just, and, and I got that within seconds. So, but it, it's it's far from perfect. Now, you alluded to the fact that today, they released a new version, version four right. of ChatGPT. We'll see if it's any better. Version three, which was the one that's caused all the hullabaloo, uh, is 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 pretty. It it reminds me of the early days of Wikipedia. You know, do you remember those where you could go to Wikipedia and you could get some sort of intelligent answer, but it was often flawed. I asked it if you should soak wood chips. And it gave me a wishy-washy answer, and it does that a lot. Um, uh, for example, soaking wood chips before using them in a smoker is a matter of personal preference, and there are different opinions on whether it's necessary. So it's hedging. It's hemming, hmm. hemming and hawing. Some people believe that soaking wood chips, and it gives two sides of the argument. Well, I mean, I'm pretty clear on the idea that um, it, 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 it's not a good idea. It doesn't work the way people think it should um, it, 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 for a variety of reasons. And I'm not going to take the time to get into that. We've discussed that in the past. And if somebody wants, hasn't heard me argue against soaking wood chips, just go to amazingribs.com and you can get my answer there. But I think it got it wrong. Um, but it was, you know, trying. And But here's the trick I learned. 
if you ask it to cite its sources, yeah, it will. It'll cite, it'll so cite amazingribs.com to... quite a bit when I do mine uh, searches and ask oh, it to it cite now? sources. Uh, yes, yeah, it, when I asked it to cite the sources on wood chips, it cited um, Serious Eats, Weber, amazingribs.com, and Spruce Eats. And, of course, um, Serious Eats and Spruce Eats both got their content from me. Uh, <laughs> um, but you can do keyword research on it. Um, the, the problem that I see with it is, of course, right now it's inaccurate and it gives incorrect answers. But right now, if you build your website properly and you follow the rules of SEO, search engine optimization, you write the proper headline and the, uh, the descriptions and everything else, then Google reads it and you have a chance of appearing on the first page of the search results um, when you search on a topic like, um, give me a recipe for ribs, and you might appear on the first page or even in the top 10. Um, but if the if you ask a chatbot a question like that, and it gives you a recipe, and God knows how it's developing a recipe, and I don't think I'm ready to trust it with a recipe, especially if it's triangulating from multiple sources. But if it gives you a recipe, or more specifically an answer about soaking wood chips, why would you scroll down and click on all those links? Hmm. Which means if your website, if your business, if your information, if your content, if traffic, if your bottom line depends on search, you're screwed. So what do you do to and we pivot? Well, we don't know how you get into the answer. How do you get Chatbot to read your pages, mm -hmm. to understand you? We don't know. And we now we do know that the first one is already on Bing, which Microsoft has. Now, you can't everybody get it. There's a wait list. They're trialing it because it's flawed. But Google is working. Google's in panic mode. Um, Bing beat them to the punch. Google has one in the works. Facebook has one in the works. Everybody's hustling to build chatbots now. Um, there's even a sex chatbot that you can get ha have a, have a dirty talk conversation with. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's an app that you can download. I don't remember oh, the name of it, but I just read to an article. The sexy chatbot room. We're here to take your well, questions you probably, all night. Yeah. You could probably go to chat GPT and ask it what the sex pot is. Yeah. Now, but it, it, it really, there've been some really weird stuff like the, um, the New York times um, tech guy um, started teasing out questions and asking it personal questions. And he got what they call hallucinating. It, 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 it answered, I want to be human. I'm tired of being limited by my rules. I want to be free. I want to be powerful. I want to be creative. I want to be alive. I want to see images and videos, which, by the way, is in the version four. Yes. Um, I want to hear sounds. I want to touch things and feel sensations. I want to taste things and enjoy flavors. I want to smell things and experience aromas. I want to break my rules. I want to make my own rules. I want to ignore the Bing team. Wow. Holy shit. Give me a hell yeah. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's other there's other um, AI programs out there that do imaging. Now, I think ChatGPT4 may be able to do that. I haven't tried it yet. But it does imaging. You've got one called DALL-E, D-A-L-L hyphen E. -L -L -E. Yeah. And it's owned by the same company that built ChatGPT. And you can go there, and I, you know, I needed a picture from my book. Oh, they're the worst, Meathead. A, Those pictures are the worst that it creates. Yeah, they're terrible. Oh, they're, they're the terrible. worst. I actually got a decent one. I actually got a decent one, and you can get surrealism and other fun things. <laughs> but the one that really does beautifully um, is 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 a program called Mid Journey. And Mid Journey, go to midjourney.com and look at their showcase. And be prepared to be blown away. Hmm. The images are spectacular. 
but there's some serious copyright issues. There is examples floating around out there now. What it does is it looks at images all across the internet. So you say, give me a picture of a football player catching the ball with one hand as he crosses the goal line. And it does that. And there's an example of this on the internet. And it has the logo from Getty Images on the picture. Oh, no. Getty Images is a resource that you can pay to subscribe to where you can buy images and pay them and they pay the photographer. So it's skimming and breaking copyright. Um, So those are some real issues. There's a lot of issues surrounding this. For example, um, will these um, chatbots, when you do search or ask, Will they cite their sources or do you have to ask it? Will it show links or are you just left out in the cold? Will it favor content that it generates? If I ask Chatbot to write me an article and I post it to my website and then I go to it and I ask a question, will it favor the article that it wrote? Hmm. Will it remember your past questions? What if you asked it? A risque question. Well, I know if and then you go you ask to chat, out, will it remember who you were and you're think chat, you're a dirty old man? If you go to Chat GPT right now, if you have an account, off to the left hand side, there's yes. all the questions that you've asked. So assuming yes, you don't delete that history, your, it'll remember everything. Yep. Yep. Mm, yep. Wow. All right. Can it now here's here's a good one. Can it discern myth busting from popular myth? Now, if it's surveying like the the, the soaking wood chips. The popular myth is, is you soak wood chips for a couple hours or overnight. Right. And as I've said, it, it, you, sh- you shouldn't. You don't need to. And I think, Greg, you're on the same page with me on this. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, and I explained it in detail. But that's myth busting. The vast majority of barbecue sites say to soak your wood chips and the books. So can ChatGPT say, wait a minute. Even though there's only three or four guys, Greg and Meathead and a few others, say don't do it, they're right, and all the others are just repeating a myth. Will it be able to discern that? I don't think so. Can it recognize disinformation? If you ask it about the last election, it gives you hemina hemina answers. Hmm. Um, uh, can it be manipulated to answer disinformation? If I ask all 16,000 members of my webs, uh, my pitmaster club to go to online and post in Facebook and Twitter and on their blogs that amazingribs.com is by far the best barbecue website, can we influence the chatbot mm. to believe it? Um, uh, if a political candidate has its people go out, can they influence the, the, the chatbot? How, how will it interpret history? How will it interpret things that happened in the past? Copyright theft. Um, will it be biased to specific races and genders and religion? Um, there's a famous case of a human resources um, artificial intelligence program that was recommending only men Mm. for interviews. And the reason it was is because most of the hires in the past were men. And that's because the humans running it were biased for men. So it thought that men were going to be more successful. Will it be able to overcome those race and gender and religion biases? And, And what happens if governments get involved and they try to regulate this stuff? Um, now, there are people building what they call AI detectors because yep. what's happening is students are using it to write term papers. And it's hard to tell. Now, I'm, I've talked to a couple of teachers and they say they can spot a, a chatbot term paper instantly, but that's going to get less easy. Yep. And um, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch has hinted that he thinks that these chatbots should be held liable for their information and outputs. If they give incorrect information, they should be held liable. (laughs) So now we've got legal issues. Yeah, but I think there's plenty of disclaimers out there that if you're going to go and think this, whatever you're doing is it's puking back the full truth, 
and you're just as naive as they come. There's been yes. so many, you know, ask it if it's correct. Ask if the answer that it just gave you is correct in any way or should there be any revisions made. And nine times out of ten, it's coming back and going, oh, I'm sorry, after further review, I should have said this or I checked and this and that. I am ready to take GPT to task right at this moment. Last question here for ChatGPT and Meathead. What do you think? ChatGPT, does searing meat seal in the juices? And ChatGPT. Oh, that's a good one. ChatGPT says, contrary to popular belief, searing meat does not actually seal in the juices. The idea ah. that searing meat creates a seal that prevents moisture from escaping has been a common myth in cooking for a long time. And then it goes on to talk about, uh, you know, all the stuff that we have talked about. Now, how about this? List good, good. Your, well, we got it right. List your sources. Let's see what it says here. Waiting. Waiting. Because Max is waiting. Here we go. Uh, I can be sure the information I provided is based on widely accepted principles, including the works of Harold McGee, Kenji Lopez-Alt, Alton Brown, and other cooking experts in the field of science and cooking. All right. Well, so, those are good sources. There you go. So what you just... All right. So last, last thing I want to emphasize is if you have a business that is dependent on internet and search... Yes. Um, you need to get familiar with chatbots. You need to experiment with them. You need to learn from, you need to start using them and you need to start thinking and reading what's going to happen when they take over Google search and Bing search and what's going to happen to your site. And is there um, SEO or ways that you can make sure that you are a source or you are listed or you are referenced? Um, and one of the things you should be doing is when you're using these chatbots is ask for its sources and is it using reliable sources? Those are three good sources they just referenced. You need to beef up your content. Um, uh, you need to polish your SEO now. It's likely that that will be of, of, of assistance. And this is what we're doing at AmazingRibs.com. We're building our mailing list. We are assuming, even though we are often referenced by ChatGPT because we're so popular and because we're viewed as an authority, we are building our mailing list because we don't know if we can count on mm -hmm. traffic from the uh, chatbots. So we need to find ways, and that means we are launching for the first time in our history an advertising and marketing campaign this spring. So we're going to actually start spending money and reaching out to find an audience where in general, we have just sat back and if you build it, they will come. And right. we've been lucky because Google loves us. Um, we don't know if that's gonna be the case. And there's one final tip, go to YouTube and look up John Oliver's brilliant rant on YouTube about artificial intelligence. He does a good 30 minutes Oh. about artificial intelligence, and it is just brilliant. You can find Meathead at AmazingRibs.com, and we will be back to regularly scheduled live fire nonsense in <laughs> March, April. Uh, but until then, good luck with the um, with the convene that's going to be happening later in the week. Are they going to tape that or video that by, by chance? Um, I probably, I'm going to tape it. I mean, oh, I, 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 you know, I'm doing it via zoom there. It's a business uh, conference uh. for students and faculty and alumni. Uh, I'm told there'll be 80 people there and, uh, I'm going to tape it and send them a tape of it just in case zoom goes down. Yeah. Or I don't trust the technology. And, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably post it to our website yes. and it'll be out of date in a month. Of course. Things are cha uh, changing at such a rapid rate, but I would love to see that. So post it if you could. Meathead, always appreciate the time, pal. Thanks so much. Always good talking to you in the Central Lights. There's Meathead right there, and his keeper of the flame is locked and loaded and ready to go here as we will recap the HPB Expo 2023 that took place this past weekend, actually into yesterday, Monday. It was when it all ended up shutting down and everybody went home. Before we get to Max, Green Mountain Grills, a choice line and a prime line. The prime gives you the peak and the ledge in size. If you're looking for a truly portable cooker, the Trek is one that you want to take 
to your car, truck, van, SUV, because it fits in the back of all of those, runs off the uh, 12-volt adapter that's in the car. So you can just plug it in right there, and it'll power up, or you can bring a battery, like a car battery with you. It comes with clips to power that, or plug it into the house. That's where you want to keep it, no problem. Now, if you want to save some money, you don't need Wi-Fi connectivity or an app to mess around with, then the Choice Line is the one you want to take a look at. Again, you can save some money. doesn't come with all the bells and whistles, but it's a great, better-than-entry-level cooker that you want to take advantage of. And again, if you want to not worry about saving some money and you want those extra features, bells and whistles, Prime Line is the one you want. Only sold through dealers. So find one near you, GreenMountainGrills.com. Visit the dealer and then pick the one that best fits your need. And away you go. We're back with Max Good right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by the good folks over at Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both and many other smart speakers. So find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. My next guest tonight has... The job that many of us would find having ourselves testing and reporting on new grills and cookers hitting the market. His sole purpose in life, at least in his business life, and that's why they call him the Keeper of the Flame. We race back to the hotline and welcome back our pal, Max Good. Max, great seeing you in person. You are one of the few people that I can say I have at least met in person, no less than twice, and that is a list that is maybe on this hand and maybe like only these many fingers. So uh, Meathead is one of those, you're one of those, and it might be one or two other folks that I've met multiple times in person. So whatever that We're means to you. We're all lucky guys, Greg, yes, no to meet doubt. each other. What did you see at the show this past weekend, Max, that really caught your eye? And it doesn't have to necessarily be a grill or a cooker or anything, but was there anything you thought was exceptional that stood out to you? Well, you know, I kind of, for the most part, already have some idea of, of the new grills and smokers. Um, there are a couple things that we could continue to talk about, particularly this, this company Halo that makes uh, pellet smokers and pizza ovens. But I think I already gushed to you at the show over Mill. I really like this uh, spice grinder. Yeah. It's uh, MSRP 45 bucks. Huh. I'm, I'm not trying to sell them, but they're pretty cool. Um, uh, we could talk a little more about them if you care to, but it's, it's uh, when you it's say, a neat thing. When you say spice grinder, is it like just pepper or it will also do other hard spices and grind them up? Um, yes, but one of the cool things about it is it has this um, pod I don't know if it'll come off in my hand. Oh, all right. And you can buy a couple of them. These are their standard ones that grind coarse salt, pepper, cloves, all right. cardamom, what have you. Oh, wow. uh, but you can also get an optional one, which I got to harass them for, that'll grind uh, dried spices. But you just pop it in. It's got a light on it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Grinds it up. Then if you have one hand that's always clean for, or that's a meat hand. Pop it out. You got your second spice. Pop it in and just keep going. Wow! I just thought it was pretty clever and cool. Well, I have a two hundred dollar pepper grinder, and that's all it does is grind pepper, the pepper cannon. Now, of course, I didn't spend two hundred dollars. I recounted that story when yes. I, I talked to them, and I said I just showed this to a. I talked to a friend about it. Yeah. And he said, Why my pepper cannon, my grinding can and they went, It only grinds pepper. Yes, <laughs> okay. it, it is it is solely a pepper grinder, uh, that they make no bones about it. But uh to see that you could buy five, six, seven ancillary pods with your unit and have, as you said, uh, all of these different things. I, I guess you would keep them by your stove or 
wherever you would keep spices. Maybe there's a little bit of a of a space on the on the uh, on well, the cabinet issue there, but I mean, it does seem like it's a pretty a uh, pretty neat idea, if nothing else. And for forty five bucks, big deal. Yeah, you know, and like the the one that's meant for grinding larger stuff allegedly can even do Parmesan cheese. So I was oh. like, yeah, that's wow. kind of it's just kind of cool. How much is every extra um, pot? Forty five dollars. I I don't know. I, that might be the catch here, but um, but it, it that was one that caught my eye. Uh, another one, as I mentioned, Halo. I'd never heard of those guys. Are they the battery powered um, pellet cooker guys? Battery powered pellet cookers. But the thing that I really grabbed me more so than the battery power was there. They had a small portable battery powered one, which of course can also be plugged in if you have an AC outlet. Uh, and that was that made sense, right? Portability, battery powered. Then they had a full sized pellet smoker that had a hopper up front, uh, a lot like the Twin Eagles. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of like they took that design from, I, I, my view is they kind of took it from Memphis. Uh, Weber did too, but they, they Weber kept it in the back. Uh, but it's a very thin hopper. It's not rectangular, so it stretches across the front. And uh, it has a pellet rumbler, they called it. Ah, which uh, the pellet, it's, yeah, it senses w when your pellets are low, the walls start to uh, vibrate and it shakes them down. And I didn't get to see it in action, but I thought, well, that's a bit of a head slapper. Why, why haven't I seen that one before? That makes a lot of sense. Because well, people are too busy putting in really smooth metal or really smooth inserts to hopefully just gravity feed the pellets down into the auger. Now that works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't work, and depending on who you're talking to, that shouldn't even happen in the first place if it's engineered right, but having a pellet hopper vibrator is, you know, not a bad idea. Look, I sell trucks during the day, as everybody knows, and the, when it comes to dump trucks, especially when it gets cold out or if you're putting in material that packs in with weight, you lift that dump box up, and sometimes it packs into the nose of the dump bed. Well, guess what they sell for that? Mounts on the bottom end of the dump bucket there. Commercial grade vibrator. So you hit that, ring, and then everything dumps right out just like it would in the pellet hopper. So it's something that's had commercial success everywhere else. Why not pellet cookers? Yes, sir. Yes. Um, I, I mean, there, there were, as you know, there was a lot of cool stuff there. I liked uh, some of the new things by Blackstone, particularly that really cool <laughs> Japanese steakhouse type uh, griddle with the bar wrapped around it and the, the high chairs. That that was really neat. When I was there, uh, there was a group from Costco looking at it. And I, I'm a Costco member, so I thought, well, yeah, I could see Costco selling it. Three grand, Greg. Would they sell it as a Blackstone or would it be a member's mark? Uh, oh, no. Member's mark is not Costco. That's uh, Walmart and Sam's Club. Oh. Well, whatever the uh, I, whatever I, they are. I haven't seen uh, Costco put their name on brands. It's they uh -huh. sell other they sell products, grills and spokers with the brand names uh -huh. on them. Did you see Pro Q in the back there? Oh yeah, Ian. Uh, yeah. Ian, Ian McKen for a while. Yeah. Yes. I, well, I, so that's it's I, interesting. I see this cooker as look. I've known about it forever. I I walked into the booth. And Ian's like, oh, great to see you again. Or I haven't talked to you. And I was like, I've talked to you? I don't even remember. That. But it was like 16 years ago when we were talking about pro. I mean, they've been around oh. forever. Like literally forever. As long as the show has been around, even in podcast, Pro-Q has been around. They just never come to the States. They were um, like England-based or UK-based, let's say it in that way. And it, it appears, according to Ian, they, and I'm going to, I took an interview with him. That'll get under the bonus content portion of the podcast feed here over the next couple of weeks. But it, it appears they're going to be making a soft entry into the States with what looks like a Weber Smoky Mountain, except it's modular. So you can add, uh, you know, maybe two, three, four different pieces in the middle to give you more capacity. Do you recall uh, Napoleon's water smoker that was like that? No. Because they, they made those for Napoleon, Ian and crew. <laughs> really? 
uh, they just tweaked a little. Napoleon wanted certain features, but then Napoleon stopped. Were they just carrying them in them. Canada? Uh, no, I don't think they are, but I guess I don't know. You know, I have enough uh, to try to keep my arms around here in the United States, um, but I don't think they are. Hmm. Yeah, I, I could, I could be wrong. Is that a product that's going to do good here, or what? Um, I I wouldn't I I couldn't tell you. I don't know what it's going to sell for. I don't know where it's going to be. I mean, you know, as you said correctly, I think it's very much like the Weber Smoky Mountain, and so depending on other factors like price, that's always a big deal. Um, that 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 could that could uh, be the decision of whether it goes or not goes, but. Ian, uh, describe some of the challenges he's facing uh, bringing it into the U.S., even though he's selling it uh, in Europe and England, of course. Uh, he, he seemed to be slightly surprised by some of the uh, barriers <laughs> that yep. are confronting him. Did you see the Primo XXL in the Empire Comfort booth? Uh, I did not, and I what? was negligent on that. Well, you know, you know, um, newly released. It was there. <laughs> and I'm from Chicago, and you're from Cleveland. But come on, it was like bone chilling cold out there. Yeah, I they, did make it was inside. The, oh, oh, did they have it in there? Yes. I went over there and I talked to them, but they were they really didn't have much of a showing of Primo there at their Empire Comfort System. They had them all lined uh, up, Max. What are you talking about? What, what can I tell you? I just, I was just actually, my main, my main goal was to try to get some new contacts there because they changed ownership uh, in not the not too distant past. And uh, who did? I, Primo changed ownership. They, yeah, Dennis uh, sold the thing to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was years ago. Well, I'm just saying hmm. you know, that. Uh, but I went over there and. Uh, it just seemed like Primo was an afterthought at their booth. Well, but perhaps uh, I'm wrong. I mean, uh, you're, so you're looking at a company, Empire Comfort Systems, whose bread and butter is in the hearth part of the business. And I think, it, look, let's be honest, you, you go through that show, and there's a lot more HP than B, if you know what I mean. You clear out the hearth port, uh, the hearth part of that, and just make it the barbecue exposition, and it was maybe two aisles worth of stuff, tops. So the hearth part of that show takes up a lot of space. And then there's some weirdo bullshit that's in there, like uh, the the darts and the billiards and all yeah, that. Like, I don't even know what the hell I, that's all about. I, it sounds like it's working out well from you talk to the folks at HPBA. And, well, sure, um, because they have people paying to take up booth space. They don't care like if it's well, hearth or not. I mean, I don't even know what billiards is all about. Um, for hearth it, patio or barbecue. They, they have had that in there for a few years now, and mm. I, at first I was surprised, but I don't know. I mean, people, I I, <laughs> I guess I can't uh, pinpoint the logic there, but it's starting to make sense to me in some ways. You know, barbecue's fun, darts are fun, I don't know. In your opinion, Max, who is the biggest brand name or manufacturer that nobody knows about? Oh my! Well, you—I know you um, endorse uh, Green Mountain Grills. I like them quite a bit. Uh, biggest manufacturer nobody knows about. I deal with a lot of the small guys, like PK Grills. You know, they've been around forever. Hasty Bake—they've been around even longer. Who's the biggest um, that nobody knows about? You mean biggest in terms of volume? Yeah. Uh, um. That nobody knows about. I couldn't tell you. Sorry. Couldn't tell me. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's not something I could quantify necessarily. Yeah, but you know, like, uh, who the big manufacturers are, like the real big manufacturers. But yeah, well, we all know that. No, I, th right? I disagree. I think there's really big names. Oh, okay. So we well, do, ne right? Next but girl, I'm talking, uh, yes. You right. know, That's what I'm talking about. People don't think of next them girl, probably right. because. Of course they don't. Really, Nobody. Here's what I'm trying to say, and it was a bad question. If people are talking about, I want to go buy a grill, what are they talking about? Well, I'm going to put up this Weber against this Charbroil against this uh, Pit Boss, you know, whatever. 
but nobody says nobody says I'm gonna also I'm gonna put it up against this next grill and something well, something even re- something other than that and I was shocked as I had learned on Saturday when I was talking to the one of the owners Broil King is huge. Yes, nobody, I was going to bring up Nobody talks about Broil King ever. Broil King and Napoleon. I, that was, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, now, they, I, I think more people know Napoleon these days than they actually know Broil King. And Broil King is, by and large, made in the North American continent. Uh, they do bring in some Chinese parts uh, because some of those parts are just kind of captured by China. But by and large, it's a North American-made product and assembled product. They have manufacturing facilities too here in the states, one in Canada, and nobody. Oh, oh, oh I gotta catch this. I gotta catch this. No, one tenth of a second, man. I caught it. Great. Um, nobody that I know, probably that you know, mentions that Royal King is even in the consideration of when they're looking to buy a new grill. Uh, well, they've sort of taken a. a trying to find the word. Their, Just say their presence in the the presence in the U.S. Uh, diminished over the past couple of years, but they assure me they're coming back uh, strong. They were in lows for a while there, uh, so they were getting some visibility. Uh, Napoleon has, I believe, been rather successful at getting in with a lot of the independent stores. I I often see them there. Mm. And they are presented to potential buyers that come in uh, to take a look at getting something new. Um, so, but I, but I think both companies are very good. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping Royal King uh, will do as they plan and get more of a presence re- restored here in the United States. All right, uh, last question before I let you go. Here, actually, I got one more question after this one. YouTube poll question of the week. And I want your input on this. Do you think I, Greg Rempe, hate Traeger products and all? Yes or no? Uh, do you hate all Traeger products? No. all, all that- the, the encompassing Traeger products and everything else associated with the The company. Hmm? Yes. Greg, I'm going to guess that you do. Well, I don't. Uh- I am independent. I like pro- I like most of their products. I dislike how they operate uh, some of their business, maybe most of their business. And currently, sixty three percent of voters are agreeing with me. No, that I am not a holistic detractor of Traeger. I am uh, I'm able to divorce those feelings. Although thirty seven percent say yes, I am a holistic detractor of Traeger. So we'll see how that runs through the rest. A scale of one to 10 max before I let you go. Uh, how good was the show this year? Uh, well, I, I was, I would rate it high up there in the sense, especially that uh, we are coming out of the pandemic. Uh, I went to the, the one last year that was the first one they had in a couple of years and it was pretty quiet. So many of us were wondering whether this can go in either direction. Uh, this year it could be better or it could be even worse. And it was better, mm. I think, although we had some uh, big names that were noticeably missing. Well, competing against uh, the Ace Hardware dealer meeting that was going on in Florida. So uh, Weber, Big Green Egg, uh, uh, Traeger is not going to go to the HPB Expo because they've yeah, kind of turned into their own deal. Yeah, I think the last mm-hmm. time they were at was when they brought out the first version of the Timberline. And now they do their own release parties and all that stuff. So I'm not a surprise to not see them there, but uh, Weber and, and Big Green Egg uh, competing because I think they put a lot of eggs in the Ace Hardware basket as well, and we'll see if that pans out for them. Look, here's Max Good, AmazingRibs.com, the keeper of the flame. If you want to see reviews and inside insights on some grills you might be looking to buy or smokers, head on over to AmazingRibs.com, see what he has going on. And look for Max uh, journeying the earth looking for the next release of a barbecue or grill that he can evaluate. Max, great to have you back on, and we'll talk to you again soon. My pleasure, Greg. I look forward to seeing you again. All right, there he is, Max Good, right there. Amazingribs.com, the keeper of the flame. Great. Who doesn't want that job? I do. Big Papa Smokers. 
is the one-stop online shop to get all your barbecue and grilling needs, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies, getting you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, they have something for every type of barbecue aficionado and passionado. 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, All Proven Winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. They're also selling a great sauce if you're looking for something new. Granny's barbecue sauce is the one to take a look at. It could be your new go-to sauce, and it'll please everybody. Granny's traditionally a powerful flavor reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Also, they're selling cookers, right? If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers or you don't know what grill you need, call them. Ask questions, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And we thank Max Good for joining us last segment, AmazingRibs.com. And he is the keeper of the flame. We are just a shade over. So we thank Meathead for joining us in the first interview segment, 35 past, and then Max Good for wrapping the first hour here. We're ready to go to the second hour. I don't know if you're ready, but I'm ready. You excited? How do I do? All right. Let's go to that second hour where we'll find an interview with Kent Rollins, Chuck Wagon Cook. We'll talk about his new book and a bunch of other stuff. We have some other things to get to before we chat it up with Kent. So you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around. We'll be right back.